what will the Dallas Cowboys do with Ezekiel Elliott's contract this offseason? All that more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me, as always, is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. We've got a fantastic guest lined up for you guys today. It's Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. Brad, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad I uh, earned earned a second trip to the pod. <laughs> of course, anytime. So we're going to talk all things Cowboys, free agency, and offseason. But let's just first start with this. What kind of cap situation are the Cowboys in right now? And how much cap could they free up, you know, realistically over the next month or so? We're actually in a, a pretty healthy cap situation. I know when you look at just the one static number of their projected 2023 cap space, looks like it's $7 million or so over right now. Um, but they have a ton of ways they can clear a ton of room. Even with just five moves, you can clear over $50 million. And I think they're all moves that they'll at least consider. That would be restructuring Dak Prescott, restructuring Demarcus Lawrence, restructuring maybe even extending on a short-term basis Zach Martin, um, restructuring Michael Gallup. And then I go, I went ahead and gave Zeke Elliott a $5 million pay cut. We'll dive into that more. But those moves alone, you're clearing over $50 million. They're 20th in cash spending for next year as of today. Um, they, they are plenty healthy. I'm sure Jerry might try to say they're not, but they can do a lot if they want to. So, like, you know, we, 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 that's the thing that has been a lot on a lot of people's minds is that they look at the cap number and they think, oh my gosh, the Cowboys are over the cap and it's, and it's, and it's a freak out situation. There's been tons of tons of years the Cowboys have pulled these roster uh, triggers and kind of freed up more space. Once they do kind of get into that situation and, and they start freeing up some of the space, we, we, we should start talking about, uh, you know, some of these situations, like you mentioned, you had a, a Zeke uh, with a $5 million pay cut. Do you, do you prefer a situation where the Cowboys try to retain him and then see if he can take a pay cut as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, releasing him outright? And what do you think the pros and the cons are there? Yeah, you know, I think they got a huge benefit from the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Jones going ahead and being yeah. the first team to do that. Um, look, I, if Aaron Jones is doing it, I think uh, Dallas, you could say, you know, we think he's on your caliber of player, at least right now where you are in your respective careers. And he's taking this pay cut in the third year of his recent extension. I want to say this is what Zeke's fourth or fifth new year of his, you know, six year deal from back in the day. So, you know, I think that does establish a strong precedent. And you can say, look, if you hit the open market, Odds are you're still he's owed a ten point nine million dollar salary. He might not even get five point nine million on yeah. the open market. So yeah. under this hypothetical pay cut, they probably could make a legitimate case that we're still paying you more than anybody else. And, and would I keep him? Yeah, honestly, I would. I, I think ownership and even some coaches saying kind of weirdly, in my opinion, that like Pollard is a Ferrari. You can't play him a ton. He you know he has to you know come off the field at times, play less than fifty percent of snaps. Like 
I think having Zeke, even if he is kind of like a short yardage, goal line, back type player, um, there's still value in that, and he's still very good in those areas. All right, Brad, I want to go back to this. Zeke could, you know, how much money he could get on the open market, because that's what I keep coming back to is you, you mentioned a $5 million pay cut, and I'm wondering why couldn't it be more? Because I look at all the free agent running backs, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, David Montgomery, and I don't see him getting paid more than any of those guys. So if you're the Cowboys, why not ask him to take an even bigger pay cut, knowing that there's a chance he only gets like a one-year, $3 million deal in free agency? Well, it's entirely fair. It's entirely reasonable, and you probably could. Um, you know, because also now that now Green Bay did this, you, you probably see Cincinnati maybe with Mixon, mm-hmm. Minnesota with Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, I mean, Alvin Kamara is going to get suspended, but that's kind of an interesting situation there as well. Like a lot of these guys on these similar deals, those teams are also probably going to go to them and ask the same thing. So you're right. I mean, I, I put five as kind of just like a placeholder. You could say, hey, we're going to chop it down to three and a half million from 10.9. And we still don't think you're going to beat that on the open market. And again, they might be right. Do you think, as I say, do you think he would like, what realistically, if you were another team that just needs a veteran running back, like what would you offer him? See, the thing there is like, I do wonder how much value he can get out of being a, a name and a face and a guy that obviously has, you know, a household recognition and all those things. Some teams will pay a little bit, not like a ton extra, but you know, a little bit extra to bring that in. Or maybe he gets kind of a two-year deal or a three-year deal where he makes more in cash than that in the first year of the deal. He may ultimately not last the entire, let's say, three-year contract. But, you know, with, with the signing bonus and the first year of salary, maybe it pays him more than that. So that's okay. why you got to gotta find a middle ground of your competing against the first-year cash flow. You know, for example, like Leonard Fournette signs a three-year, was it 21 or 24, whatever it is, either 70 or 80 year. His first-year cash flow this year was over $10 million, right? So it's like because it was over multiple years, I'm sure they regretted that immediately. Um, but you know, you, you can they definitely you, did, you, without you, a doubt. You can do that if you, if you sign on for for a little bit longer. So I guess uh, you know the other the other side of this equation, and we can't talk about running backs too much, or, or Marcus's head will explode. But <laughs> but uh, the other side of this equation is let's say you know, and we don't know yet whether it's a reduction, a, you know, a cut, whatever. Let's just say that 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 Zeke takes a pay cut in f- some form or fashion. That number comes down. What do you think is the best way for the Cowboys to handle the other half of that equation? That's Tony Pollard. I mean, you know, the injury obviously clouds some things. It was already, a, like Marcus mentioned, already a very crowded free agent market. Uh, what do you think the best way to handle the situation uh, with, with Pollard is? And is it potentially using a, a tag or some sort of transition tag uh, as a placeholder for a long-term? Yeah, the injury is super complicating and makes it very difficult. Um, so I think, you know, kind of not even a cop-out answer. I think it probably was a, it was a potential solution regardless was using the franchise tag. I think the transition tag, you know, someone might sign him to a deal that you're not willing to match and then you lose him for nothing. Um, so I think it's a bit of a risk here with Tony Pollard. Again, you know, the injury is kind of the, the, the monkey wrench in the whole situation, but um I think a franchise franchise tag is a realistic possibility, about $10.1 million. You know, you might get a deal for around that, um, you know, on a multi-year basis in theory. So go that route. See if you can work out a multi-year extension before the July 15th deadline. Of course, the next question is, you know, do they want to save that for Dalton Schultz potentially? And that kind of complicates matters a little bit. Yeah, you mentioned it. We're going to talk about Dalton Schultz and whether the Cowboys can bring him back uh, after franchise tagging him last year. Uh, All that and more just a sec. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. 
The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money lines to point spreads to three-pointers drained, the number of dunks in a game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your first no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we're back with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. You mentioned Dalton Schultz before the break. The Cowboys franchised him last year. Doesn't appear that they're going to franchise him this year. What type of money do you expect him to get on the open market? Yeah, so the tight end market is so bizarre where there's kind of this cap still with George Kittle's deal signed now a couple years ago at around $15 million a year. I know technically Darren Waller is listed at $17 million per year, but it's kind of artificially inflated on the back end, and we'll see if he even makes that money. So in my opinion, it's still kind of the ceiling is 15, and we've seen all these guys come up, and Dallas Goddard, Mark Andrews, and now we're seeing guys like David Njoku, Dawson Knox, like that are still – Below that number, but they're getting really, really close, right? Even the Hunter Henrys, the Johnny Smiths at 12 and a half. So, long answer short, I think it's going to be just below. Like, I would see 14 and a half million per year. Um, honestly, like, he has a case to try to get more. I know people always want to say, that, oh, he's not better than George Kittle. He signed in 2020. We're talking about Doesn't 2023. Matter. That's how kind of the markets grow. So, but look, he's better than Dawson Knox, and, and I think he's probably better than David Njoku as well. Um, you know, I, I think maybe Goddard Andrews, you could argue those, but nevertheless, I think just below that $15 million per year number. Uh, what what tight end is it going to take to break that $15 million a year? Is it gonna, I'm assuming he's got to be next year's free agent class. But, but I mean, who do you see in the, in the horizon that will eclipse that? I mean, that, what's, what's crazy is, like you mentioned, that's a three-year-old deal and it's still the, the market center. So, like, what's, who's it going to take to break that, that $15 million? No, it's, it's a great question. And it's funny because we always talk about running back and stuff like this, but it's so hard for tight ends as well. There's just so much leverage from the teams. The shelf life is also super short, just like running backs. Um, and it's just kind of hard to break through. I do think... TJ Hawkinson actually had an early extension yeah. this offseason for Minnesota. Obviously, trade a second-round pick to bring him in. Going into the fifth-year option, top 10 pick, all those things. He, he and his agent, I would argue, like, owe a service to the rest of the NFL to try to take a deal for more That's than fair. that $15 million a year. But, yeah, beyond that, it's like, can Kyle Pitts get healthy, get back to what yeah. we saw from Kyle Pitts' rookie season? And at that point... He might even argue he's a wide receiver and and try to get like I'm a like a pseudo yeah. you know you know type deal. But that's you're right. It's not like it's like a obvious answer on the horizon. Um, all right, Brad. So I don't get the feeling. Later, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't get the feeling that the Cowboys are going to give Schultz 14 million a year. I mean, maybe no. maybe if they could really stretch this out over a four or five year you know deal that would make sense. But if the Cowboys don't sign Schultz, is there a tight end in free agency that you like on a one or two year deal that you think could give you similar type of production? There are a handful of guys. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're quite at the caliber of a Dalton Schultz, but you know, solid players, 
You could maybe look at a guy like a Foster Moreau, the Las Vegas Raiders. I would have loved for him to maybe take more advantage of Darren Waller's injury and maybe been a little bit more productive. But, you know, a solid young player. If you're looking more for like a veteran stopgap, you know, I know Austin Hooper's career in Cleveland kind of fizzled out, but was honestly quietly pretty good in Tennessee last year. Still only 28 years old. He's probably around the same age as Dalton Schultz, honestly, yeah, yep. maybe a year older. Yeah. Um, and he's, again, it's just like a high floor guy that you then pair with, you know, the young guys like Ferguson and Hendershot. And it's probably enough of a room by committee that you feel comfortable with it. All right, let's start talking about some of these other free agents the Cowboys are going to have to deal with uh, outside of the running backs. Uh, well, we could we could go over some more running backs if you want contracts if you want, no, Marcus. But no, we're okay. good. Uh, let's let's start talking about some of the other guys that we really want to kind of try to have back that that are unrestricted free agents. Um, let's start with Leighton Vander Esch. What what is his market going to look like? He he really had a bounce back season, I think, last year. And of all the Cowboys that you know made themselves some money we'll talk about uh wilson who i think also made potentially made himself some money as well but let's start with leighton vander esch you know i think he resigned last year for a one-year was it was it two million dollar deal if something I'm not like that something like that nothing. so what's let's what's his market going to look like going into this free agency uh, uh cycle I think it was a bit surprising that he got the one-year, $2 million deal, like you mentioned. Not that he was going to break the bank, but, I, you know, it seemed like he would do a little bit better than that. Um, it was a great I think deal. This is the year, <laughs> yeah, the I think this is the year where he does get that multi-year extension. I think it'll be around, let's say, 6 to $8 million per year. Again, nothing crazy, but, you know, a solid, you know, number two type money off-ball linebacker in today's market. Like you said, big bounce back year, stayed healthy. I know he had the injury at the end of the year, but was able to come back for the playoffs. Um, you know, I think it looked good, moved well, had a couple of pass breakups in that playoff game and looked well, looked good. Um, so, yeah, somewhere in that range. It does feel like teams are going to – his market's going to be kind of small, right? Because there's just yeah. – there's not many teams that want a 255-pound linebacker with some neck injuries. So I think probably six, seven million does feel right. So, I listen, if that's the deal for Dallas, sign me up all day. Yeah, um, I got to ask you about Donovan Wilson in the safety market because I don't understand the safety market at all. Some years we get guys that get huge contracts like Marcus Williams. And then other years we get, you know, where there's just a whole bunch of these guys left over. So for somebody like Donovan Wilson, who, you know, just finishing up his rookie contract, what are you expecting him to get in free agency? So the thing with safety is it's basically become so flooded with talent. There are so many like, solid players that if you're not one of those top of market guys like a Marcus Williams, instead of it being a gradual drop, it just kind of falls off a cliff. There's like mm. not really much of a middle tier. So, you know, I have him getting, Oh, is it like a two year, 5.75 million per year deal. You're looking at your J Ron curses. You're, you know, maybe Tracy Walker is a bit of a, more of a ceiling comp, but like in that range. And again, I don't think he's, I think he's a good player, maybe worth more than that, but just the, the amount of available talent on the market suppresses those contracts in that position a lot. Yeah, and, and I and I wonder, I mean, that's honestly right at the price point, I think, that that Wilson should go at. Like, I think that's right, right where I'm, I'm comfortable feeling, uh, yes, okay, like, you know. Um, let's talk about one more other guy that, you know, it's funny because you look at, uh, you go and you look at the percentage of snaps that, uh, that that some of these free agents played, right? And Donovan Wilson, surprisingly, was the highest one. I, I, I was a little bit shocked because I thought for sure that Connor McGovern, who was also a free agent, would have definitely been that guy just because of how much he's had to play and also because of injury at, at different points he's had to move around. So what what are we looking at for Connor McGovern? I mean, the Cowboys are kind of in a situation where, 
you know, they, they feel like they want to improve uh, at that, at that guard position, but it may be the more prudent route to see if they can get someone who's comfortable in their system to come back on at least a short-term deal or, or maybe a, a, a you know, kind of at least a, a, a two or three year deal. What's Connor McGovern's market going to look like? Cause I haven't really seen what the rest of the guard market looks like. It's actually a decent amount of guys. There's no like big name, you know, splash, maybe like a brand sheriff last year. Although, I, you know, I think Jacksonville probably would like to have that one back already. Yeah. But um, there, there are a lot of like solid guys like your Dalton Risner. I mean, Isaac Sumalo from Philadelphia is yeah. a very good player, some injury concerns. But, you know, Dalton Risner, Ben Powers in Baltimore, uh, a lot of guys that I think are going to get solid deals, but nothing crazy. Um, I would say McGovern's probably a step below that. I do think it helps that. You know, I, I think he's a better pass protector than he is a run blocker. I know our grades Thank reflect you. that as well. Um, and obviously that's generally where you're going to get some more money um, is if you excel in that facet. But I still would think somewhere in the range of maybe like a Pat Elfline who gets was like three years, nine million, you know, maybe two years, six million. Like, I don't think it's going to be anything crazy in that three to four million per year range. All right. We've got Brad Spielberger here from Pro Football Focus. We're going to get into more questions coming up next. All right, Brad, here's my question for you. If Jerry Jones makes you the GM tomorrow and you're in charge of running the Cowboys offseason, what would your ideal offseason look like for the Cowboys? Is it bringing back Tony Pollard? Is it franchising Dalton Schultz? What would you like to see them do this offseason? Honestly, I'd be pretty darn aggressive. I, we always talk a ton about maximizing the quarterback contract. We have a rookie contract quarterback. Yes, obviously Dallas is now spending $40 million a year on Dak Prescott, but A, isn't crazy, especially in today's landscape, and B, let's, let's maximize the rookie contract window of maybe the best defensive player in the NFL and Micah Parsons before he starts making $30 million a year. Let's maximize C.D. Lamb before he's up for a new deal. Um, you know, Tyler Smith, we think he's going to be that blue chip left tackle, you know, the next couple of years. So, like I said, they're 20th in cash spending as of today. I would try to make it work with Schultz. They obviously, you know, made a bunch of moves at tight end to kind of prepare themselves to maybe move on there. Um, but then if not, I'm going after pass catchers, whether that's, you know, via trade for some guys, maybe intrigue you um, mm -hmm. or it's, you know, you know, it's not a great free agent class at wide receiver, but I think you do need to add another pass catcher in this offense. I do think Gallup will get healthy and play better. Um, you know, maybe we'll see growth from on blank on his name. Now that the third round pick from last year, who didn't play at all. Yeah. I don't think yeah, that was name South Alabama, you know, so like, there's things you could hope for, but I would add more there. Um, and yeah, Can I ask a follow-up question really quickly? You, you mentioned CeeDee Lamb, right? So he's going into year four, so it means he's eligible for a contract extension. Yeah. Would that be something that you would prioritize this offseason, like trying to get him done before Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and some of these other receivers come up? Nice. You got to at least consider it and look into what that market looks like. Generally, except for quarterback, you're usually going to see teams wait until going into the fifth-year option because they have that for those receivers. Um, so, you know, Hey, if, if you think you can get a good deal on him and lock him up long-term before, like you said, I mean, the explosion of guys like a Jefferson, a chase and so on and so forth. And yeah, go for it. But I think agents also realize that and would know like, Hey, this is where the market is going. So we want to deal commensurate with where it's going to be, not where it is right now, but yeah, I mean, he's eligible. So you definitely have the conversation, but if I had to bet on it, I think they would wait another year and extend him going into that fifth year option. All right, let's talk about one more situation that's kind of similar to the Pollard situation where there's a lot of moving parts here and it's going to affect exactly how it gets uh, rolled out, and that's uh, Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele, obviously on a restricted free agent contract, dealing uh, with an ACL injury that he uh, suffered 
later in the year, not quite at the end of the year, but it's still something that likely will be affecting him as he enters training camp, or at least he'll still be kind of coming off of going into training camp. What do you think is the best way to handle Terrence Steele? I know that the Cowboys clearly like him a lot. He's a, a leader in the in the clubhouse. I, I know that they want to have him back. What would you say is the best way to handle it where the Cowboys get what they want, but also do it in the probably the cheapest way that they possibly can? Yeah, no, super unfortunate injury. I mean, I think a really ascending good young player um, that you know maybe was a, a rarity of a guy getting an extension on the RFA 10. Not rarity, but, you know, it doesn't happen all the yeah. time. But when you have yeah. a good player that earns that early, a guy like a Puna Ford in Seattle a couple of years ago, one example, mm-hmm. um, you know, you maybe pull the trigger. Now I think you placed a second-round tender, which off the top of my head I think is like $4.6 million. Don't quote me on that. But, um, you know, because that way – you know, a team would have to give you a second round pick if they're going to sign him to an offer sheet. You definitely cannot do anything less than that. And then, I think because of the ACL tear, you probably don't have to go to a first round tender status. I don't think anyone's going to give you a first rounder to sign him. Um, but yeah, you have to at least place a second rounder. Like you said, keeps it cheap. You then go into next year. If he plays well, you then revisit the long term deal conversation. Brad, oh God, do you have a follow up question, Lena? Well, I was just going to say there was one more thing I wanted to add, just kind of in general that it made me think the Cowboys had for the first time, and it seems like in a while, a lot of success adding, you know, kind of one year veterans to their team at positions where they had holes throughout the season. Um, they obviously did it throughout the season, which is kind of a new thing, but they also added a lot of these guys, you know, up front. Is there anyone that you see that like is on the, the in the free agent market that you feel like is a good kind of stop stop gap fit at any of these positions that, you know, maybe has experience with Quinn or maybe has experience with Mike McCarthy that just feels like a very natural fit on, on a kind of a veteran one year or two year deal. There are a handful of older players, you know, I'm trying to think of connections to the coaching staff. I can't really pull any, any name right now, but like if you, you mentioned they did very well in a lot of these kind of stopgap deals. Maybe you add a little more juice at edge rusher. If you're going to lose some guys and you bring in a veteran, you know, like a Melvin Ingram or, or one of those, you know, older players, um, you know, I don't know if Justin Houston would be around, but you know, what about Deion Jones? Yeah. 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 Or, you know, I think again, like, I mean, Odell probably wants a multi-year deal, but I think you still have to go back to that. Well, and, and have those conversations again. Um, and then, I mean, I guess, you know, a guy like a Marvin Jones, if you want to just add like a big body on the outside, yeah. kind of has lost a step at this point, but still reliable, you know, go up and get it type guy. Like, I do think you should explore those markets for sure. All right, Brad, thank you so much for jumping on. We're going to have to have you back uh, once the Cowboys do make some moves in free agency, <laughs> talk about how all these contracts went down. So we thank you for your time. Everybody go out and follow Brad on Twitter. It's at PFF underscore Brad. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Uh, we thank you for guys for tuning in, and we'll see you guys right back here tomorrow.